like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are in a new month. Uh, this is week one of Subs Not Dubs theme for April 2022. And our first movie that we're going to be talking about tonight is A Separation from 2011. Um, before we get into the stats about that film and get into our thoughts on it, we will uh, catch up with how things have been and what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Corey, how you doing? Good. Trying to get back in my routine. I don't know what's happened over COVID, but suddenly I feel very tired when oh. I try to go hard and uh, stay up real late. I took off. I worked like a half day on Wednesday, and then I had Thursday and Friday off because we had Tree Fort from Wednesday through Sunday, which is a music festival around Boise. They're trying to like, uh, it's the 10th year this year. Um, but it's kind of like a South by Southwest, just not obviously on an Austin size scale. But um, I have missed a couple years because the lineups didn't justify the price to me. Ah. And sometimes I can just get into a one-off show. Like a couple years ago, I got to see a band that I really, really enjoy um, and who released my favorite album that year um, for like 20 bucks. I didn't have to buy the whole pass, so I just bought a venue ticket for that night. Um, but there were a lot of band, well, enough bands that I wanted to see this year. So Wednesday night and Thursday night, I was up until, oh, two thirty each night Dang. or something. And I still, yeah, I was feeling pretty rough. Um, but it was really fun. It's so fun to just be in like the crowds and you see like these bands that you know or that you listen to like four feet away from you yeah i also try not to be a jerk fan like if they're enjoying something or they have their back turned to me or like you know i am not gonna go up i saw someone do something that made me very uncomfortable um like so this musician i like had her back turned towards the crowd because she was watching the show and someone went up and touched her arm to get her attention. And I'm pretty sure it was a fan. And it's just like, I try not to do stuff like that. I try not to like, I don't know why that seems so inappropriate to me. Like, I'll like touch your arm or something if I'm trying to get through the crowd or something. And I, you know, I'm not trying to like grope you or touch you inappropriately. I just need by please make room for me. But um, I don't know why something like that seems so inappropriate to me. And then like, obviously don't want to interrupt them when they're talking to their friends or other people. So I didn't really say hi to anybody. I was just like, Oh my God, there's so-and-so, you know, I don't know. No, maybe I, that, I maybe that's weird. I don't know. I think about how I would want to be treated, <laughs> you know, and try to, but it was a really fun, cool experience. I will say this though. Um, I need to like send some suggestions, I think, but I don't think that any band should have to set up and have to play for less than an hour. And I went to see this band that I really liked their first album. Um, 
And I was so excited to see them. And they were supposed to come to Tree Fort a couple years ago and it got canceled and then it got pushed back and a lot of bands canceled um, to the new date and stuff. But they were here and I thought they were playing for 50 minutes, but they played for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So many bands like, you know, get like 30 minutes because their sound check is part of their, you know, and then it's just like rush off the stage and the next band sets up. So I just feel I'm also the kind of person that if I, I would rather just go see a band that I want to see, they could, but a lot of those bands don't come here, unfortunately. But you know what I mean? Like, I would like to go to a dedicated show that they're doing here Mm -hmm. and a festival. It's like rapid fire kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. That sounds like a lot of fun. And also a lot of like stress in some ways. I, I feel like I don't like feeling like I'm too old to do things, but the concerts aren't quite as appealing to me at this point. Um, like in a week, uh, Kay Flay is an artist I really like. She's going to be, um, in Orlando, then Tampa. And I feel obligated to go almost because like at some point I had said something on her Instagram, <clears throat> like she had posted dates and there was no Florida dates. And I was like, no Florida dates. And then she added Florida dates and I was like, cool, I want to go, but I don't really have anyone to go with. And I also like, I feel like I am in the older echelon of her fan base. Like, I don't think the majority of her fans are going to resemble me. I think they're gonna be like young teenagers. And then she posted on Instagram, like, Hey, Florida, you guys were saying, you know, (gasps) no dates. And I know she wasn't directing it at me, but I did literally comment once that no Florida dates. And now there's Florida dates and I haven't bought tickets. So I feel like I should go, but I don't want to be the old guy at the concert for teenagers. So my friend is a little bit older than me that was going with me. And he was commenting on that too. I say yellow, <laughs> but also, so the older I get, the further back from the stage I stand, like, I don't like to be in the thick of it anymore. Yeah, you know? same, same. And also I'm five foot three. So being packed in people like that, I really can't see. So if I stand, I, I know where to stand. I say go and have fun. Cause I know that, you really like her stuff and wasn't her album like your favorite last year whenever yeah, it was it's, released it's, uh you have to go she did two eps i, I think her, that's right um uh, her energy which then she did release as a she did a, a like basically two eps that then got dropped as a full album with two new songs on it that were in like robin EPs. it's it's the new trend i think for a lot of artists because uh you know you drop them you, you keep your buzz going throughout the year rather than having like one big drop and then people forgetting that your album came out yeah. Um, he's like grandson did that too with uh which he was just here and i didn't go to that show and i am also a little sad that i missed him i um, say go i know but it's like i don't really ha- like i could make taylor, taylor it's also him? it's on taylor's like birthday the one show's on her birthday the next show's like the day after her birthday it's just it's a lot and i also i hate going to orlando and tampa like it is dreadful to me to have to go into the cities and like the the tampa shows at in ebor and ebor is so sketchy like oh, always go to orlando yeah i would dude i was watching some show with uh it was like house hunters or something and they're like in ebor and i was like we don't buy houses there no <laughs> you know like why are we looking for a house there but maybe it's changed but it doesn't sound like it has no, but I really not, feel. Like I mean, I haven't go. been there since pre-pandemic, you know. But uh, it, it had not changed then, and it was always like, you know, whenever you go to a show there, like there's like parking, quote unquote, where like people you really can't tell if they're actually like allowed to be selling you a parking space. It seems like they might have just set up, like, <laughs> hey, yeah, you can park here for five bucks. And it's like, turf. 
are you sure um yeah so and I, i've actually played the venue uh that she's playing in in ebor um oh. not the not the big one uh the small venue named called the orpheum um oh which i, I played that was one of the last shows i played before i stopped playing um and uh it's a, it was a kind of really small venue um i i can't remember the orlando venue i have not i feel like i might have been there for one show but it's not a venue i'm super familiar with um yeah, I don't know. I I'm Is still torn because again, it's also I don't like. It's not the social. I've been to the social. I love times. the social. Um, me too. Uh, I don't think I would hesitate for the social. Although it's been, it's been a minute since I was at the social last. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's also the money. Like I I feel like there's other things I could spend the money on, and I don't want to go by myself. And uh, she's not an artist that a lot of my friends seem to be into or know even like so. And like Taylor's kind of into her, but I feel like I'd be like making her go versus like her really like actively wanting to go um and she likes to go to concerts but i know i know uh we should move on um (laughs) i might i might go who knows i'll let you know in two weeks uh if i win or not because that'll be uh the way the recordings pan out but let's talk uh what we've been watching um you want to go first or second this week i'll go first all right knock it out i don't i don't want any of your sass either okay because watch the office Yes. Well, I watched The Office. But you know, Alejandro posted a meme and he was like, this is how I'll know I made it or something like that. Um, And it's an old, you know, a senior citizen watching The Office. And I was like, oh, then I'm already there. And he's like, me too. (laughs) Ha ha ha. But um, yeah, Um, the only movie that I've watched um, is something I was really stoked about seeing at Tree Fort and then I didn't like it. Um, Oh. I love, you know this, the listeners probably know this, I love Carnival of Souls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it so much. And Mercury Rev and a bunch of other musicians were like improvising the score. I sent you a screenshot of it because I was super pumped about it. But it was really weird to me. It was like way too avant-garde. It, ah. There was a girl on stage, like acting out some of the scenes in the movie and singing songs that had nothing to do with the movie. Like, I was just like, "Have you ever watched this?" She was like singing parts of "I Put a Spell on You," and now you're mine. And I was like, "That's not what's happening here. He's a creep." Like in the movie, but it was very strange. Mm. And I feel like that movie it really took away from the movie not being able to hear the dialogue because yeah there are some things that are happening in the movie that the dialogue is very important and so we left a little early i just couldn't do it anymore Man. But yeah it's just very strange that's a shame because that's definitely something that was like up your alley but yeah. sometimes it doesn't work out no so that's it. that's it huh yeah i was watching all those bands true fair fair point um I watched, uh, I was on spring break. I didn't watch as many movies as I wanted to because I was also playing some video games. And, oh, no, uh, you're back now, aren't you? I am back. Um, Sorry. I uh, <clears throat> um, did get to see the first four episodes of Moon Knight, the new Disney Plus uh, Marvel series. Um, and I, I say if you're a fan of the MCU that you uh, check it out, especially if you already have Disney Plus. Um, Oscar Isaac is great. I am into the, the vibe of the show. It, I don't know the character well previously so i have no like prior uh assumptions so some people may not like it if it doesn't live up to what they're hoping for from the character i i didn't have that issue so um the i've watched the movies i watched fried green tomatoes for the first time 
Oh my god, I love that movie! I It was not what I was expecting, Corey. I, I kind of thought it would be like Steel Magnolia vibes. Like, you know, like sad, uh, sappy kind of thing. It's, it's pretty love. wild. Um, yeah. It actually reminded me of Big Fish quite a bit. Jessica with the uh, uh, with, What? Jessica Tandy, right? Am I Maybe. getting there? I don't know. I, I don't know what you're saying, actually. Is it the name of an actress? Yeah. I'm like, I, maybe I have the name wrong. It, no, that that's not what it reminds me. It's just like the... It, it reminds me of Big Fish because it's a character telling these kind of stories that you have to take at face value, I, whether or not well, it's legitimate or, or not. Yeah. Um, And I found that, you know, entertaining. And there's some mystery stuff. There's some a, a very dark element of that film, though, as far as... uh. A character is, is is murdered, and it's implied that is fed to a police officer um, via barbecue. <laughs> I and that's, love them. That's pretty wild, though, right? Like, it really is. A joke is like, whoa, okay. Um, I, I mean, accidental, but yeah, it was really good. I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, the whole like cast of that is amazing, though. It is. Uh, I th- th- so that was actually the last movie I watched for the movie astrology 1991 episode, which will have dropped by the time this episode drops. So if you aren't already subscribed to movie astrology, please uh, do so. Check out our 1991 episode. Um, but now I'm in kind of prep mode for the next episode. For we, we're probably a month out from recording it, but we are doing 1966. Uh, so with that, I've watched Alfie. Uh, that is Michael Caine's like kind of most famous original role. And uh, I didn't love the movie because Alfie is a terrible character. Uh, yeah. Good performance, but it's hard to like the guy. Um, have you seen it? I've only seen the newer one, but ah, he was the Jude Law one. Yeah, um, yeah, he's despicable in this one uh, as, with Michael Caine, and I love Michael Caine. I think that's what made me really kind of check out on it. I was just like, yeah, I don't know what I'm so. I know I'm not supposed to like this character, but I really don't like this character. I'm, I'm not into the movie. Um, then uh, I had to watch the Bible colon in the beginning it is like the first uh several books of genesis um made into a film it was supposed to be a series of films but this one did bad so it didn't uh it did it's funny because it's like the number one money-making movie of that year but it still didn't live up to its budget because it just went way over production it's like a three hour long thing um it's got you know it's it's stories that you've heard a million times so it wasn't super compelling for that reason and then it some of it's interesting. The tone's off at times, but yeah, I watched that. It's a long, long movie. Um, I did go back and watch Ty West's uh, The House of the Devil. How did I forget I watched that, too? We watched it the same day. Oh, I thought you already had seen it and didn't like it. I had, and I was like, okay, so I really loved X, so I'm uh-huh. going to give it another try. And I liked it much better the second viewing. I think that the atmosphere, like was better for me i did find it a little boring um i did the first time too so but i didn't think it was bad and i see like there's a lot of cool like nods to old movies and stuff but some of it i was just like okay this is really just like a lot of of stuff i when i was watching that um so i'm kind of uh very interested in cults guys i might you Mm, know you have talked about that before yep i'm very interested in that um and I think that it's so interesting that as far as, like, America goes, that, like, started in the 60s, and obviously it was still going strong in the 80s. Yeah. You know, like, that big fear. But I was just thinking about that while I was watching the movie. Sorry. Um, no, no, no problem. Um, I, I did like it. I didn't love it, but I did like it. Uh, Caught the Lost City, the new Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum movie. Um, enjoyed that kind of about the same level though it's it's funny it's entertaining no, no real problems with it not a masterpiece either 
watched a documentary which um, I'd seen the first. This is a rare kind of like a sequel of sorts. But in 2010, there was a documentary called Life in a Day where they they had the world submit videos of themselves on July 24th. So they said, film yourself, and then we want to know what your day looks like. You know, And they had three questions. Uh, what do you love? What do you fear? And what's in your pockets? They wanted you to address those, but also send whatever. They compressed all of it into a single documentary. It's about an hour and a half long. It's very interesting. Free to watch on YouTube because it was a YouTube like idea. Like, let's use YouTube to get videos of the world. The first one's really cool. What I found out, because uh, I'm talking about documentaries, and I was, ta- I was using this as a project my students are doing themselves. Um, I found out that in, on July 25th, 2020 they did it again and i was really bummed because i would have submitted video had i known they were collecting videos again somehow i'd missed that but i watched the new one which is also free to watch on youtube life in a day 2020 um and yes just like you might think there's a lot of stuff about the pandemic there's stuff about the riots there's stuff about um uh you know the the tension between the republicans and the democrats all of that's built into it but they were trying to put like an optimistic spin on like despite all of the stuff going on in the world there was still good happening. So it's a little cheesier than the first one. And again, the, the first 2010, nothing insane was happening worldwide where 2020, there's a worldwide pandemic and lockdown happening. So the tone's a little different, uh, but it's still worth, I think it's worth checking out. Um, and I just finished, actually, I still have like five minutes left of the professionals from 1966 um, that I was watching, trying to fit it in before our record time. And, uh, I had to stop um, and I will finish it probably tomorrow morning or something. Cause it's only like, I literally have like five minutes left. I was like, Oh, I could probably stretch this, but I don't want to delay the recording. So um, yeah, I broke my own rules. Uh, I usually don't like ending or not finishing a movie in one sitting, but Oh, well, sometimes you can't do what you think you want to do, but it's all good folks. And that's what I've been watching. Um, you know, and recorded a couple podcasts with Matt. We've got a new episode of uh BAMP coming out where we are talking usually we do the same movie but uh, the UK and US release dates got flipped so we got the Lost oh. City they're not getting the Lost City for two weeks um, they got the, uh, the new Michael Bay movie Ambulance which we don't get for a week so he did Ambulance I did Lost City we just you know talked about our thoughts on it and uh, it's a rare thing we had to do but uh, sometimes that happens with release dates there was nothing really else to cover uh, that we both had access to. So we said, well, well, you know what? You go see one, I'll go see the other. We'll just not do other of those as a full episode or a joint episode. Um, we will be covering Morbius this week, which I can't wait to see. Uh, sarcasm at a high. So Bill wants to see that, and I love him so much, and he never wants to go see movies, so we'll go see it. But, you know. Yeah, it's going to be real bad. Um, I've heard not good things so far. Uh <sighs> Yeah, and that doesn't help it. Uh, I do get to see, though, tomorrow night in a screening, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh! Uh, yeah, and in really? IMAX, so I'm super excited about it. Uh, but yeah, um, that's the new movie from the Daniels, who did Swiss Army Man. Um, so I, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, it looks looks wild, and I love that. So that leads us to our film of the week. The first entry in Subs, Not Dubs. A Separation from 2011. This is an Iranian film um, from Asghar Farhadi. Uh, that is the director and writer. It did win the Oscar for best. Uh, I believe at the time it was foreign language film. And now it is. No, I think at the time it was international. And now it is foreign language film as the award, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I thought they switched it. 
I don't see. They did. I just can't remember which one came first and which I one is now. I thought it was a foreign language film, and they were like, oh, well, everything's a foreign language, and then they switch it to international, but I could be wrong. See, but my logic with that was that I felt like um, when Roma won, and the name of uh, the director is not going to come to me all of a sudden, um, know it every other time I needed this, but it's not popping in. Um, I felt like he said that to him, every other film's international. So that was what threw me off as the same logic you just used, but flipped with the, the term international implies not of the U S from our perspective, but from a nut from the native, like if you're from Mexico, all the movies not from Mexico are international. None of them are right. Essentially. It's not an American film and the Oscars are an American award. That's essentially what it means. Anywho, according to the Wikipedia, it is, they won for best foreign language film in 2012. So, there we go. Um, it was also nominated, though, for the Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars, and apparently was the first non-English film in five years uh, to be nominated for that, which this year, um, Drive My Car was nominated. So, again, it happened. Um, so, it does happen on occasion, but not frequently. Uh, so, this film stars, um, hang on, uh, Payman Mahdi, Layla Hatami, Saray Bayet. Shahab Hosseini. I probably missed that one up. I was trying real hard. I didn't get to get through all the names. I did do some research because I didn't want to butcher these names. Um, uh, John. Ser- Serena Farhadi is, uh, oh, I guess that is his daughter. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the movie, it is the daughter, but I'm wondering if oh, that's for the real? director's actual daughter. Oh. Um, they have the same last name. That does not mean they are related, but it's there's definitely a chance that they're related. Um, which wouldn't be surprising. That's not the first time a, a director has cast their own child yes, in a movie. But she is. Ah, confirmed. Um, so uh, I have actually seen one of his... I saw his most recent film, um, which came out last year called A Hero, uh, which is on Amazon Prime and uh, is excellent. Um, that Sean was adamant that I checked this film out. He actually had told me to watch this a while ago, and I just hadn't got to it. So as soon as we were planning for this year, I, I was like subs, not dubs and separations on this. That's, that's going to be my first film. This film has a 95 on Metacritic and an 8.3 IMDb user score. And I'm going to say right out the top, uh, some movies, when you watch them, you, you think, oh, I probably need to watch this a couple more times to really appreciate it. And then other movies you watch and you know, it's a masterpiece from the get go. And I was so drawn into this movie, sucked in in every way imaginable. And immediately, um, the American title is a separation. I believe, according to IMDb, the original title, I'm not going to be able to say correctly, Jode Nadir as Simon. So Nadir and Simon are the names of the characters. Um, And I'm guessing maybe Jode is a separation. I don't know. I'm going to Google translate that while I'm typing here. and uh, I I was so into this movie. I was drawn in, completely immersed. Like I had no no distractions. I didn't have the desire to check my phone. I was um, completely like fixated on this and on the edge of my seat. I was stressed out. Okay, so it looks like it says pair up as the translation, which I'm guessing is probably a bad context. Um, is probably separation, uh, but it has their names in the title. Um, the name of the movie, though, 
a separation is one of the things that I think is so impressive about this film is because the movie does start with a married couple, Simon and Nadir getting a divorce or at least trying to, um, Simon has filed for a divorce. Uh, she wants to move out of Iran and, uh, Nadir doesn't because his father has Alzheimer's and he wants to stay to take care of him. And so that is her reason for filing the divorce. They are denied the divorce. But she then moves back in with her parents and he stays with his uh, father, thus forcing him to hire um, a, basically a stay at home nurse, but not a nurse. She's not really a nurse. She's just someone who's like volunteering to help out. And then it gets complicated. But the thing is, while yes, a separation between a married couple is the beginning of the story, that is not what the title is referring to exclusively. It is all of the ways that we are separated as people. And I mean, we're talking with, uh, we have two different religions. We have different classes as far as like financial situations, um, different paths. We do have the marriage separation. And then even just think about Alzheimer's and how that can separate a person from their loved ones and how it separates a person from their own. And their caretakers. And their, I mean, the level of depth that the story has is insane and that it's coherent and that it has so much to say about the human condition and analysis. There, it's it's just, it's so good. A hero is very similar in that there's a lot to what that word means. A hero is not just going to be like a superhero. Like it is insane what the question raises and how he works through it and how society like deems people hero. Farhadi is a genius is, is all there. I've only seen two of his movies and I've, from what I've heard, uh, there are others that are worth everyone's time. I just haven't had a chance to get to them yet. But man, the two films I've seen are masterful. I think this one is superior. But again, I'm like that saying, I think a hero is a five star movie. And I think a separation is better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that level. Uh, the Salesman is the other one I've heard of that is supposed to be very, very good as well. Um, there's things I don't know. Uh, I don't know a lot about Iran. And that's one of the things that I, I always feel, I feel guilty sometimes watching movies like this and not having to like look up things. Um, and like, there were little subtleties that I didn't get until after, like I had to read some stuff afterwards to fully understand how many different layers this film is operating under, but that's okay. It's okay to not know. Um, You're learning. But because I'm wanting to learn exactly, I I want to do the work. I'm content with like, oh, I am ignorant to this subject, and I want to be I want to be more aware. Um, I want to understand the conditions and the context, and that's that's a fairly new thing for me on a global scale, and it's something that I I want to uh, inspire with with my students, and it's something that within myself, like I want to learn more. I, I hate how little I know about the rest of the world, and. You know, I wish younger me had cared more to try to learn that stuff. Um, it just always seems so overwhelming because there is, I mean, every country is completely different. You know, like things that you might assume about a country may be completely fictionalized or wrong because of how you've been able to interpret it. And, and again, not necessarily in a, in a dumb way, just that maybe you didn't have access to it or whatever. And for me, film is always that gateway and, uh, there's a lot of things that I didn't know. Like I didn't know about debtors jail until I saw a hero and that comes actually plays a factor in a separation. It is a major factor in a hero. It is a small like side note in this movie, but because I'd seen a hero already, 
I knew the severity of the debtor's jail that is referenced in this. And I was like, oh, wow, that is a big deal. Um, and I know that only because of a hero. And I want to learn more. I, I'm, I'm, you know, so into this. I did, uh, at one point I had a pause and I went to the restroom and I was walking past uh, my wife, Kathy, uh, listeners. And I said to Kathy, though, I was like, Corey might be mad at me because this movie is stressful. I was so stressed out watching this. I was, I'm curious, did you like this? Uh, were you stressed out? That kind of thing. Like, what, what were your thoughts, Corey? I, so I, uh, sometimes like we watch movies from other countries and it's not, I had a little bit of culture shock watching this. Yeah. And there were some things that kind of made me a little mad, I guess. Um, I am not setting out here to offend anyone. Um, but I just, I think that there are like so many things that we do in our everyday life that we don't even think about how unacceptable that may be for other people in other parts of the world. So I just found some things very I guess that definitely there were some of those things that like, I don't know. I feel like the characters are very well written. There's only one person. I At different times in the movie, I empathize with different characters. And I feel like, you know, the way that everyone is written, it makes it so easy to do like with so many movies, there's a clear villain or, you know, there's someone you should definitely be rooting for. And I think that that's not the case with this movie. Um, just like, I feel like a lot of people are not just good or bad. I think overall you can be a good or a bad person, but everybody does things that can be questionable or if that's all that you saw of that person, you might not think that they're a good person, I guess. I just think that it's very complex. All the characters are very complex. I like that a lot. Um, I like that it's not so easy to just, you know. There's no uh, clear good or bad guy. Right. It's it, yeah. it moves and shifts. And, you know, it's like I can, I just can feel for most of the people in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I found that very interesting and like you said about like when we watch movies for a movie club i really try not to look at my phone i hang my phone up in my bedroom and i usually watch the movies in the living room and it's like such a thing not to look at my phone and i knew that this movie was going to keep me up a little later because of when i started watching it but i lost track of time mm -hmm. so I walked in and i was like what time is it and he told me it's like ah you know like oh my god how did that happen but um I really liked this movie. I don't think I need to watch it again, though, because there is some stuff in this that's, you know, it's well, not a pleasurable movie experience, I guess. I it's it, The thing is, too, and I think that's an important detail, it's not like, there's nothing, like, crazy. It's not like there's, like, a, a crazy rape sequence that is unsettling. No. The The issues here are are very like telling obviously we're dealing with a person with alzheimer's so that's that could be a trigger point for some people because it might it might hit like a a historical thing for you trauma from your past or like you know maybe you lost someone who had alzheimer's that kind of thing for sure it's there but it's not the type of movie where it's going to hit like the cultural trauma where like nobody wants to 
no one in a right mind wants to watch a rape sequence, right? Like, so those scenes in movies always are so, are so visceral and horrifying. This isn't that at all. Yet, it, it's still like you're on the edge of your seat the whole time and you watch people making decisions that you're like, why would you do that? But also, I totally understand why you did that. Like, at the same time, like, you feel both of those things. You're like, you shouldn't have done that. However, but also, yeah, I can't fault you for doing that because if I were, if I felt back, you know, if I felt back into a corner, I might make that same decision. And that's what makes this movie so compelling because, uh, and a hero does this too. Farhadi has a, a, like a, a read on the human con condition that I don't know. A lot of other people are able to express that we are complex. We are dynamic. There are so many things at play at all times. And we're just mostly trying to just get by. It's not even like, yeah. you know, no one's really trying to hurt anyone else. They're just trying to survive their circumstances and their circumstances are so different. Um, and that's where I think there's some cultural things. Like I wasn't sure the class difference until some of the conversations, because I don't know what a middle-class apartment would look like in Iran. I don't even know what a middle-class apartment looks like now here because everything is so skewed uh, severely. But, you know, I don't know what, a class looks like in Iran because I don't know what is the upper class, what is the lower class. I'm not really sure because I don't really know what Iran looks like that well outside of a few movies that have had settings I, in Iran. But I felt like they did a good job. Like I too, but there were a few things that they set up in the movie that oh, I yeah. think, like definitely, I was like, oh yeah, I could definitely see the classism, um, which I think brings even more to you know, the differences in these two families and like the conversations that are being had, I guess, or the events. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think the movie does a terrific job with it. I'm saying like though, shorthand, like in, if you're watching a movie set in America, especially like eighties, oh, America, yeah. it's very easy to tell how affluent a family is. Like you can just kind of see and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have money or, Oh no, they have no money. Um, that's like because uh, again familiarity with the movies and and then the world that i live in and that's again it's not a criticism to the film that is a criticism about my own knowledge and accepting that i don't know everything even when i try to be aware um there are things that this movie made me aware of that i am lacking and again it does a good job of showing me and now i have context that i didn't have before um and again i'd seen a hero already and that did help a little um but uh, so we, we've, we've talked a lot without spoiling anything really, to be honest, which is pretty crazy because we've said a lot of things, but let's get to spoilers real quick so we can talk some of the major plot points. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. Um, if you, listener, if you haven't caught on, I think we both really were impressed with this movie and I'm obviously raving about it. It is a, uh, immediate favorite. I don't know like Corey said that I will go back to this movie frequently because it is, it is stressful. I was very, very stressed out watching this movie, but now that I've seen it, I kind of do want to watch it again to, to notice some things early because he does some interesting stuff with editing where he'll show us a little, but then he won't show all of it. And then later there's a reveal. Like for example, when uh, she, the, the, lady who is i didn't say the actress's name the caretaker which is, is it? trying to read uh simmons mother no rosier devout wife and mother employed as caregiver uh sarah 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 uh by it is the character name um 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's the actress's name. Razia is the character name. Apologies. Uh, and her daughter. Um, oh, why isn't the daughter listed here? Um, isn't it Samaya? Samaya. It is. Oh, okay. I see it now. Uh, yeah, Samaya, uh, who's very young, Sorry. very, very young daughter. But the first time the dad gets out and she has to go chase him down, it looks like he's going to get hit by a car. Yeah. And he's like teetering into the road and she's like teetering in the road. And then it just cuts and we don't, there's nothing ever said about it. We don't know how he gets back. We don't know what happens. It's later revealed that in that moment, she got hit by a car. And that's significant because that's what leads to the miscarriage probably we don't know for sure but probably i mean like logic says the little push that he did he did push her out the the house it didn't really look like she hit anything to me and he did know she was pregnant even though that's a whole other point of this movie right he lies about it because he knows if he says he knew he's going to be charged with murder which is you know scary um but when we find out that she was hit by a car and lied about it, like there's everyone's lying. Everyone in this movie's lying about something with the intent of trying not to, to ruin their own life because that it does feel like they're walking on eggshells that at any moment, everything that they are managing to just keep functioning could fall apart. Well, it's like when it rains, it pours like, yeah, it's not bad enough that his wife is separating and leaves the household. And then, you know, that puts him in, like, a bad situation with his father. And now he needs to hire someone to come in and help. And this woman is in over her head. And I was not sure for a long time in the movie if he knew that she was pregnant. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I felt like the women were having that conversation. And it seemed to me, like, Roz, Razia, Roz, Roz, yeah, Razi, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. um, that she was trying to keep it under wraps really because she wouldn't get the job if he knew. And then we find out that women aren't even supposed to be really around men alone. So that this, I didn't get without reading. Um, uh, Nadir and Simon are secular, so they are not religious. Mm. And, but Razia is, and so is her husband. And that's, there is, so there's another separation. One group is so devout. They follow the Quran completely. Remember he asks to swear on the Quran. He says all that. And when he asks Nadir to do that, Nadir doesn't swear on the Quran because he doesn't, it doesn't mean the same thing to him. Like doing that is just like putting his hand on any book. Um, And so that's why he didn't think about that. But also that's another part because the dads, you, as you said, the rain supports thing, the dad's uh, Alzheimer seems to be getting worse because he he says he's never wet himself before. He always yeah, just he said always... when he has to go to the bathroom. And he's so, not talking anymore. I wonder if that's because Simon left the house. Like, well, because at first he's only saying Simon, right? Like that's I noticed yeah. that too. And it is like is is her leaving making it worse? Um, and then also maybe because he witnessed a car accident. Like he witnessed a woman get hit by a car, and maybe he's aware that it's his not his fault, but you know the circumstances of the incident was him leaving or whatever. I don't know. That's not clear, but he doesn't speak again after that. Like that's the, the, the moment that he stops speaking completely. Um, but then she, she tied him to the bed like that. I was real mad. Oh man. I was so like, I'm like, Oh no. Like this, he was almost dead. Yeah. It, It was, that was terrifying. And then poor, uh, Terma is like, 
freaking out. Like, you know, she's here's grandpa like on the ground and the deer's trying his best to to get him up and, and like get him is are you alive? And it man, that scene was so stressful. And that's it what was makes... very stressful to me too. I was like, why aren't you calling do they not have like an emergency service? Because I feel like that would have been a really good time to make use of that. Like Yeah. I like I thought he was gonna be dead. I mean, they definitely have something, uh, but maybe maybe there is a reason for it. I don't know because maybe it's a money thing. Because obviously, you know, hospitals are expensive. He doesn't have him in an assisted living facility, although that's probably more cultural. Um, you know, America, we are we are less inclined to live with our our Ship elders. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of other cultures uh, that is the the norm is you stay with your extended family. It's now your job to take care of them. Um, they they raise you as a child. Now you raise them as adults. And uh, our our culture is like, no, what what are you talking about? Um, we have spaces for that. Um, I don't know which one's right, mind you. It's not so much a judgment call, but it is a commentary. It's a cultural. It, it is cultural. It, I think it's something to be aware of, and it's just like little things in this movie that I just wouldn't even think about, like when he's trying to check his father, but Terma is in the bathroom with them. And he won't let his pants be pulled up. Yeah. Pulled down. Um, pulled, oh, pulled down. I thought he was trying to pull him up so he could look at his ankles and stuff. But, oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. I, he wouldn't let him, like, he's wearing his pants. He wouldn't let him pull the leg up to show because of, yeah, the it was not appropriate. Um, there, um, and just, like, backtracking a little bit when he, like, wets himself and Rozzy... Um, Razia um, calls her religious advisor to see if it is more of a sin to clean him. Mm-hmm. He's wet his pants. I'm like elder abuse. Um, or it, you know, to leave him like that. It, it I, I wouldn't even think about that. But again, that's uh, the a difference of of the devotion to the religion. Um. And I, I, am not going to sit here and pretend to have a strong understanding of, of the religion. Um, I, I want. I know there's different. Uh, Islam is is a big religion, and they're just like within Christianity, there are multiple um, denominations. I don't know if that's the right word for for the Muslim I religion. I, I am again. This is an ignorant thing, and I, I mean no disrespect. I'm trying not to be no. disrespectful, um, but she is clearly very, very devout. Cause that's not the only time she checks to see what's the bigger sin because when it comes to taking the money later, oh, yeah. um, she's so afraid that if they take the money that the, the living child will be taken from them because they've already lost one child. And, uh, you, you feel for her. Like it's one of those things where like, I'm upset at her, but I'm also upset at Nadir her husband seems uh, very sketchy, but at the same time, you kind of like he's he's been. You can see he's had like the harshest luck. Everything has you know fallen apart for him, and maybe it's some of his own decision making. He does he's hot tempered. Like one of the things he stresses me out throughout the movie because he's always like ready to explode, and like yeah. that that personality type really. I it's that it's a ticking time bomb, and I I'm aware that you're taking time bomb and that stresses me out. Cause I don't know when you're going to go off, but I know at some point you're gonna, and that puts me on edge the whole time. 
which is I'm sure what the movie wants. And it's not, again, none of this is criticism. I think this movie's a masterpiece. I'm just like working through all of my feelings while watching this. Cause there's so much like it, it's, Man, I just can't stress enough how great this movie is. Like, I, I think the performances are outstanding. Um, I, go ahead. Oh, I do want to say, like, <laughs> I felt like right away we're told that Nader, Nadir, sorry, um, is not, I don't know. I feel no, like, what? I don't know what the right word is, but I think that it comes from he and Simon being secular. But I feel like even the way that, I don't know how to say this. Well, don't if you know, don't feel like you have to. But I, I did look up something because uh, one of the things I noticed immediately about Simon, um, and even on the poster, if you just like l- glance at the poster, she's got a Scarlett Johansson vibe. Um, like not not if you look at her, like if you it's, no, it's clearly not just Scarlett Johansson. But like every time I've ever like panned through, because I've I've owned this now for a couple months, so it's been in my voodoo collection. And I would just be like scrolling through. I'd be like, is that Scarlett? What movie is that? And then, um, oh no, that's uh, the separation. But it's the red hair that is popping out of her. Um, I don't know what the correct term is for her scarf Sorry, either. Because, I'm not sure. But that's because it's not, a, it's not, hers isn't religious. It's out of necessity for the, 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 the state law or whatever. I don't know. State's probably not for, I am showing way too much of my ignorance right now and I feel terrible. But, um, I, I was wondering if the red hair was like a, a is that out of the norm or not? You know, because it, it, it if just in the movie, no other character has red hair, right? And in a hero, same thing. I don't remember any character having red hair, so it felt like that is a statement of of like her wanting to be free, and she does want to leave Iran. That is the whole reason for the divorce. So I googled uh, like Simmons red hair, and there's a Time article from um, oh. 2011 so when the movie came out by richard corliss uh talking about um like the opening of the film and the the specifically i I thought this line was interesting in it because she says um so the children growing up in this country don't have a future the judge asks and um simmons says as a mother i'd rather she didn't grow up in these circumstances the judge says what circumstances and she does not respond so right away i'm as this is the opening of the film and i'm like okay so she's not content with the political uprising this article the second paragraph gets into some of that um uh so he's addressing this is like written to people like myself who are admittedly ignorant to this this country we don't know all the details in it so it's western viewers of Asghar farhadi's a separation may think they can guess the circumstances the islamic republic of iran is a nation run by medieval uh shiite clerics and a daffy dangerous politician this is their quotes not mine uh, who denies the Holocaust and may soon have a nuclear weapon to aim at Israel. It's the country that most Republican candidates for president say they can't wait to bomb. Again, this is from 2011. What responsible mother would want her child to grow up in Iran? Question mark. The shock of red hair peeking from under Simmons' scarf indicates that in her heart, she's already left for it, the decadent, safer West. So that that's one of those things where like, I wasn't sure if the red hair was significant. But it stood out to me immediately because it is it's such a contrast to the color palette of this film. Like there's no red in this film. It's very it's dark colors, it's grays, it's tans, but then her red hair. And so similar to like if you're watching Schindler's List and Spielberg doing the whole film in black and white with the exception of the color red sometimes to make a impact. 
I that hair just popped to me. And based on just this, I've done no other research that so I'm not, you know, but this this article feels like there's some knowledge here that I don't have. And um, again, even in the, the poster art, it's that her red hair is the only shade of color that's not skin tone or oh, tan man. or brown. Right. It, it stands out and it's just barely because, again, she has to cover her head. But there's just enough red that you I, can see it. So I guess what I am trying to say is that I think it's pretty clear early on in the movie that Nadir does not hold traditional or like cultural, like the norm ideas on gender roles, maybe because mm. at one point I feel like I don't, I don't really know a lot about the country either, but he has her pumping his daughter pumping the gas and Obviously, that's not like a normal thing to do because she gets in the car and she's like, everyone was staring at me. Yeah. You know, and she's like, he's like, where's my change? And she says that she gave it to the guy as a tip. And he's like, you don't give them a tip tip unless he pumps the gas. Go get the money back. Yeah. And she's asking for it. And then he lets her have it. And I, you know, I I, I get what you're saying. He like both um, Simon seems to have a bit more of a independent attitude Mm -hmm. and the fact that she like even though she doesn't get the divorce that she still goes off to live with her parents um and even if they want a divorce yeah um well and that's it's kind of confusing because it seems like there is some love but it's not the same they love each other but they've worked so hard to leave the country and now he's just giving up and not doing it but i understand why you know but I also understand why she wants to leave. And that's why I don't think that anyone is really bad in this movie. But, um, yeah. you know, like, I, I totally agree. I just feel like she's ready for new opportunities. But also, yeah. you were... Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to agree. Like, I think she she's ready. I mean, she wants to make sure her daughter is going to be safe. And, you know, they're not a religious couple and it sounds like the the government body is a very religious organization so like there's probably some fear of maybe repercussions or maybe being forced to practice a religion that you don't fully buy into or believe in um and so there's probably some fear there you know this idea of potential religious persecution i guess is maybe the right phrase um so yeah there's again i am there's just so much in this movie that's in, in the in the greatest way possible. Like just so many things to, to read into and, and learn about and discuss and, and conversate. And again, so, I, I so not to cut you off yet again, but um, one thing I think is important too is even though there are a lot of cultural things that we've mentioned or stumbled upon that we don't know, the human element of this film is a hundred percent relatable. Like it is, even if you have no context of the culture or even if you maybe don't want to learn about the culture that the people in this film are a part of the actual human elements the human story those decision making that desire to take care of the ones you love that is easy to connect to no matter what culture like we we all want to protect the ones we care about he wants to protect his daughter he wants to protect his wife he wants to take care of his father um razia loves her daughter wants to make sure she's okay she loves her husband that she's willing to risk things like she's lying to him about working as the nurse 
because they need money because she doesn't want him to go back to debtor's prison. So like uh, uh, people are making hard choices, but it's always coming from this place of trying to do the, the right thing at any means necessary. And which is, it's, it's a relatable, again, you might think, well, you shouldn't do that. But, but it's, yeah, you're in those circumstances. It's very easy to be in a safe space, say you shouldn't do that versus being in that position and saying the same thing. And that is what makes this so stressful. Um, that you're just like, I totally relate. And because he doesn't make a clear good guy, bad guy, that also adds stress because you don't know who to root for. And you're kind of at this tug and war throughout the t- tug of war throughout the film going, I want this to work out, but I still don't want this person to be punished because I don't feel like they did anything wrong. And you're constantly wavering back and forth. He makes a lot of concessions. He like, you know, pulls back on some of the charges he's trying to put against her, which I believe she should have had some charges too. But, um, you know, like leaving his father there and him getting injured and stuff. But so I can think of like, the three other characters and where they lied, but I feel like um, Terma and Simon are both very honest. And you said that everyone lies in this movie. And at first, like Terma is trying to protect her father, but she doesn't realize that he knew that she was pregnant at first. And then he told on himself because he was like, mm-hmm. I want the doctor's phone number, but I don't think she was intentionally lying. And even Simon is like, you knew she was pregnant. Why are you? So Terma later a hundred percent lies. Terma lies to Terma lies to the court. Like to protect her dad. She lies about remember she's taken in for questioning and she straight up tells the detective that he uh he got the number or whatever. He she oh, lies. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. 100%. She said but doesn't she go back the next day and uh, she, she revokes. I think he revokes it because he feels guilty for making her lie something like that happens but she You're does right. lie I forgot about that but she lies because of again same reason i He's said like she's lying to, three to try to protect her dad and i mean yeah. herself what's going to happen to them and their grandfather if something happens to him yes the whole family like, yeah she and terma's trying desperately to keep her family together throughout this that's why she won't leave that's what yeah. we're told at least simmons says she, the only reason why she's staying with you is because she knows i won't go without her like I'm waiting for her. If she would come, we would be gone already. And you're right. Yeah, but but no, I mean, there's so much what about happening. Simon? I I feel like Simon lies. I mean, maybe by omission. Um, like mm. because she doesn't tell the the judge why she really wants to leave because she knows that it's not an acceptable thing to say because it's like the government's the reason I want to leave, and he'll be like, uh. Pfft, guess what? You're going to jail for talking bad about the government. I don't know if that's a true thing or not, but I feel like maybe, um, but maybe, maybe Simon is the exclusion, but, um, she's to as much of a main character. As she is. She's not in a lot of the movie, right? Like she's gone for large chunks of the film. And then she does come back later. Um, one thing, uh, we haven't really talked about his filmmaking style. And one of the things that I found really cool, I actually didn't notice this until the very last scene because the movie ends with Terma having to make a decision to the court. I'm going with dad or I'm going with mom. And we don't ever get to learn what her decision is. Mm -mm. And that's really powerful. But when 
the camera, uh, Terma won't say it in front of her parents. The judge asks them to leave. When they leave, they go into the hallway and they're on opposite sides of the hallway, which means they're on opposite sides of the frame in the screen. But they're also behind a, a wall. There's a separation between them. And I was like, that's really how, how brilliant, how smart. And then I started thinking back and I, then I read somewhere throughout the film, characters are always between things. There's always something between them. There's glass, there's windows, they're talking through doors. There's all sorts of moments where something is keeping people apart. So not only is there the actual like class structure and religion and uh, Alzheimer's that are keeping people apart, there's literal physical barriers between characters throughout the film to um, really emphasize the separation that this there's this there's always something keeping us apart or potentially keeping us apart and it's it's just oh it's so it's so brilliant you watch after the trailer after the credits i watched for a while i don't know if i stayed all the way through the credits was there something else there was after the credits there it like replayed some of the end scenes but without any sound oh interesting and i had no idea what the purpose of that was I, I didn't, uh, I, I stayed through because we sit with them through a lot of the credits, right? Like they're just sitting in yeah. the hallway waiting for the uh, the information. Um, but we don't ever really hear that. Yeah, I was wondering if you had a take on that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm curious. I mean, it could just be, uh, that could be a, a custom thing with, with movies from Iran. I haven't seen a lot of Iranian film. Uh, something I wanted to get. I actually... I've been really wanting to dive into more foreign uh, film and I'm, I'm looking to do specifically like, like Bollywood is a Indian film uh, style that is not ex- like there's other films that come out of India, but that is like the major genre from the, from the culture. And I want to dive into that because I haven't really watched it. So like, I have a list of like 20 essential uh, Bollywood films and um, Sean made me a list a long time ago of, uh, like 40, I think it's 40 essential um, Hispanic films. And I want to, I want to do more of this. And I, I think the only two Iranian films I've seen are from the same director writer. They're both brilliant. I'd love to, to kind of dive more into other Iranian films and see what else is there. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've, we've said a lot in this episode about this movie. It is uh, an excellent film. I didn't say where you can watch it. It is available to rent digitally or buy digitally, but it looks like it might be free on the Roku channel, which means it'll have commercials. But if you don't, if you're apprehensive about buying it, you know, uh, then I'd say, you know, watch it that way. Cause it's man, I, you should definitely watch this movie. Yeah. I'm kind of impressed with our selections. Cause um, I think I was going to choose two Japanese films because I have two um, Japanese horror movies from the Criterion I want to watch, but um, one of them was not easily accessible. So, um, but I we have a Korean film, a Japanese film, an Iranian film, and a French film. We have uh, mixed it up quite a bit uh, this month. It's good for us. Yes. Um, one last thing. Uh, I forgot this. This is a review from um, the, the review's name is Maria on uh, letterbox. That's all I got. But um, I, I loved this. I, I'm going to uh, censor it because there's a curse word, but um, we haven't talked about this, but because 
he accuses her not only of leaving the dad, but stealing the money. Oh, yeah. And they I, never really address what happened to the money. I felt like it was from the beginning when she needed to get change for the cab driver or no, the person for the piano is what I oh. was thinking it was that it wasn't intentional that it was simon because he says i don't have change for this when she tries to pay him extra right. because there was an extra floor you know you're right that could be the money and he just didn't notice it that's probably accurate i'm gonna so but this review says you can be sure as heck the first thing i googled after finishing this was who the f took the money in separation 2011 so i have googled that and i don't know if anyone has answered it but i think you're probably right um it doesn't, no one's answered it anywhere, but I think you're right. Cause that makes sense. Um, cause there is, she's clearly doing that behind, like not behind his back, but like he's not involved. And so he doesn't see the money go away. And that actually makes perfect sense. I, I, maybe I should comment on this person's review. Like, uh, my podcast partner thinks, um, anywho, if you haven't seen this movie and you've listened to all of this, I still say watch it because I don't think spoilers will will give a, enough of the experience. This movie no. is an experience. It, there's so much emotion and it's like I'm looking at Letterbox. This it has a 4.2 Letterbox rating, which is really high. And everyone that I am friends with on, that has seen it is four stars or higher. Um, it, it's it's so good, people. I I can't stress enough how much I love this movie and how brilliant i think asgard farhadi is um as a filmmaker and again if you like this one and you did like watch this go watch a hero it is on amazon prime court i really would love to make you watch that i have no way to do that but if you have a minute and you can sit through it it's two not, hours it's a, it's about two hours and it's not as stressful as this one but it does still have that same dynamic of like you don't know who you should be rooting for kind of thing um mm. also a fun play and i won't say much but the missing money from this if it isn't Simon could really tie into the plot of a hero because the hero involves a character finding some money. So, Oh, um, it, it's, it's not a direct for sure. Like sequel, but I did find that part amusing when I saw that review and I was like, Ooh, that's so weird that his newest film, a character finds money and the decision he makes when finding the money is what starts the whole plot basically. So it's like super wild uh, that that is a, potential thread um but uh, again i really recommend checking out a hero as well a separation is better but only because they're both great that's like that's the thing they're both great a separation is just greater um folks that is our episode for a separation uh i think it's obvious i'm saying must see Corey. ditto sometimes we just know folks we will be back next week and we will be reviewing Corey's pick for subs not dubs Unibaba or Onibaba, um, which is on the Criterion Collection. It's also on HBO Max. So if you have HBO Max, you can watch it right there. Uh, you might own it on a Criterion Blu-ray like I do. Who knows? Um, but that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And if you like what we're doing here at Movie Club Podcast, we ask that you take just a minute, give us that five-star rating because it helps other people find our show um that's it we'll be back next week until then keep watching movies hey this is matt from what i watched tonight come join me in the back row for movie discussion retrospective episodes with guests director focus shows end of year rankings start of the year predictions and much much more
There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>